Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. This is Oilers Now. Hope you're having a wonderful Wednesday. Edmonton Oilers back-to-back wins against the Ottawa Senators have gotten up to 8-7 uh, and seven on the season. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night out of the town, every meal's an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. As we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and hook up with Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, brought to you each Wednesday by Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes, and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you? Good. Uh, before we get to the Oilers stuff on a show called Oilers Now, just uh, like to get your thoughts on the Pittsburgh route that they went with Brian Burke as president of hockey operations and Ron Hextall as general manager. Well, they certainly went with uh, you know a guy in Brian Burke that's very well known, uh, a guy that you know the National Hockey League. When these things happen, people tend around tend to call around and ask their peer group. I feel like Dave Morehouse would have called Gary Bettman, Bill Daly. They certainly would uh, approve of Brian Burke. Um, you know, he's just, uh, you know, Burke, he's, uh, he's a name. He's a person that resonates. Uh, he's a person that's won a Stanley Cup. He's been in this business forever. And I'm not necessarily surprised he got hired, but I am a little bit surprised the combination of him and Ron Hextall got hired. And why is that? I think you have two guys that uh, part of their DNA is they're pretty stubborn in their ways, uh, in their views, and in their approach. And, you know, for a guy like Ron Hextall, I think it's going to be incumbent upon him to have maybe learned a little bit of humility coming out of Philadelphia with what transpired there. You know, there was a bit of a rift between Ron and Paul Holmgren in terms of strategically or philosophically how the Flyers were going to take the next step. Ron was 
really steadfast. Um, and I felt a little bit old school from a distance in his views that, you know, Carter Hart wasn't ready to play. Younger players generally weren't ready to play. Now, that's a little bit of an archaic view. Nowadays, guys are coming in and, you know, we're seeing it with the Edmonton Oilers, right? Uh, Evan Bouchard needs more time, more time, more time. At some point, the next level of development for players is at the NHL level. That's just one way the game has changed from the past. And, you know, in Carter Hart's situation, he didn't play a ton in the American League, but um, I think Ron felt that it wasn't time. Ron is an expert at that position, obviously, having been a goaltender. Uh, when the boss says you need to be more open-minded, at some point you got to be more open-minded. Yeah, it's. Uh, I am going to be very intrigued. Uh, we have had Ron on the show a couple times, as you know. We were privileged to have you know Brian Burke on the show for the last two and a half years, uh, which has been the same uh, timeline that uh, we've had you on as well. And you guys have both been GMs in the league before. Uh, I, I share your thought in terms of maybe the way that Detroit and Dallas were competitive in the late nineties and early two thousands. It's a different world since the 0405 lockouts and the 1213 lockouts. You have to get productivity from players on entry level deals. And the other thing is, the attitude of the player has changed. You know what I mean, Brian? Like, sometimes young guys are sitting there and they know they're better than a veteran player in practice. And they're sitting there and they, they don't mean to be disrespectful. It's not like they're sitting there saying, well, I just got to wait my four years and then I'll get in. Uh, and, of course, the agents, and you've been an agent, uh, the agencies push for that as well, and that's all maybe a byproduct of how the landscape has changed. Is that a fair assessment? That is definitely a fair assessment of how the landscape has changed. To further on that, I would say the athlete has changed as well, though. When you came in as a rookie, you really weren't prepared you didn't know the things that these kids know nowadays and you weren't as prepared as these kids are nowadays. There's so much information in the technology age that, you know, really is what players are growing up in now that uh, players are just better prepared. They're bigger, stronger, faster, take their diet more serious, take their rest more serious. It's a different world. It's called just progression or evolution. You want to be a farmer that loved when uh, we had a horse horse and buggy and uh, those were the good old days or would you rather have a beautiful new combine with air conditioning and XM radio while you do three times as much work in half as much of the time? That's what progression is. Some people love to hold on to the old ways. Other people embrace change and they've done very well because of that. Brian Lawton joining us right now from the NHL Network. He headed up Octagon's agency. Brian, Brian, how old were you? I'm just going to throw throw this back uh, just to circle back to something here. How old were you when you had agencies start to approach you uh, in terms of you know you committing to to their agency? I can remember Bobby Orr sitting in the very modest house that I grew up in when I was 16 and thinking that that was strange. Um, I have a friend whose son somehow overcame his genetics, and I had an agency ask me about the player when he was 13 and getting that commitment a year out before the WHL Bantam draft at 14. 
saying, Stoff, if you could get us in contact with this parent, it would be helpful. And I, that is not uncommon. I mean, I'm sure you're aware with the WHL Batham draft, which right now is currently at 14, uh, there are several of those players that are represented going into that draft. So even there, the whole, and I bring this up, Brian, because today, do the agencies not do part of that education for the player? They do. They do. But even, you know, to be fair, my last year as an agent was 2000 and end of 2007. Okay. And we as a firm in North America were not touching players below 16. Right. Uh, over in Europe, there was some, you know, you'd have different. When I built Octagon, it was a very geographical approach. That's part of the reason why I sold my company to Octagon is that they shared my view of how you could develop into a powerhouse agency, even though, you know, like I started to be an agent in 95-ish and was able to build up to at least the top 10 in size independently. But I wanted to grow bigger than that because I saw negotiations becoming much tougher with teams, and I thought that you needed to have a little bit more size if you didn't want to get really crushed by GMs. So someone approached me, Octagon, and I decided that I would sell. But a lot of people don't know. I decided I would sell my firm for nice money, more money than I made playing hockey, which was remarkable to me. But that's not really why I did it. Why I did it is I said, oh, by the way, I need to have an account with $10 million so that I can add other firms and other people around the world so we can have a more global approach and grow significantly in size. And that's exactly what we did. And part of that growing in size was different things culturally that maybe we were doing in Russia or the people we brought on board were versus what we were doing in North America. In 2008, we still were not touching players before 60 years of age. Yeah. Okay. And, and again, it, it, that recruitment process. I can remember when Tyler Benson set the Bantam AAA scoring record. There were multiple uh, agents out to watch him on Sunday nights over at Millwood's Arena, and there, you know, Stuart Skinner was on that team. David Quenville was on those team. Those players were drafted. Oh, sure. Park had Carter Hart. And they had Sam Steele. So there were some pretty good kids on the ice when we were watching those games. Uh, back to Octagon for a second. Bit of a curveball here for you. So our listeners are aware that Octagon represents Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, that's Rick Vallette. Octagon also represents Leon Dreisaitl. But they have a player in Columbus that they represent as well in Patrick Laine. Uh, you, you saw, obviously, what happened last night. Why does this keep happening in Columbus? with these players what is going like brian i'm not close enough to know what's happening uh is this something that the agency should be concerned about with line a because of course there was discussions uh in winnipeg about you know what about his character he gets sat out three or four games in for the back half of the game how would you interpret what you're seeing uh regarding columbus blue jackets well interestingly i spoke to mike Liu yesterday but not even really about that. It might have been yesterday morning or even the day before. This had not happened. But Patrick Miney's name did come up. And so far, the word from Patrick was that he was impressed with how John Tortorella ran the team. He had no problem with it. Absolute non-issue, nothing more than that. And I even said, well, okay, that's great. I'm glad to hear that. And then, of course, 
Patrick gets benched for 27 minutes of the remainder of the game. But initially, it was thought that it was because of, you know, maybe a week after poor defensive play, what have you. And then the latest is supposedly that he was disrespectful to a coach. I cannot add any more to that than, than what I just said. I just don't know. But I, I will tell you that I'm absolutely going to find out what really happened there because I am interested. I would yeah. like to know. Your question is fair. Does this keep happening, or is this a different set of circumstances? You cannot have players be disrespectful to coaches. I would agree with that 100% if I were their GM. But the continual way that it looks from the outside players have been handled in Columbus, that's not a healthy environment for any organization in the NHL. And it is somewhat perplexing to me when I see Yarmo Dikalainen saying, I don't understand why players don't love to play in Columbus. It's a great place to play. How the coach treats players is a very big part of what an organization's persona is. And it is important. That's why I'm so high on Dave Tippett in Edmonton, because he treats everybody with respect. And if you ask him, you know, about how this year has been, he'll tell you it's been incredibly challenging, but maybe not for the reasons that fans would think. He'll tell you that because you've got more players to manage, more players that need ice time, and there's no more ice time than there ever is. And it's tough to keep everybody in the right frame of mind so that you can reach the highest level. Dave Tippett has a great understanding of that. It's been a challenge, don't get me wrong, but he understands that as well as anybody in this business. And that's why I always say Dave Tippett is an old-school guy, been around for a long time. He is a progressive thinker. Well, and, you know, full disclosure here, as you know, I mean, I work on the the broadcast. We have mics, and I can hear stuff during uh, commercial breaks at times with the ambient mic. And let's just say the Oilers' bench is quieter from a coaching perspective. There's There are some coaches that actually are old school and have give or take with players, and you might have less than a witty repartee existing bef- between – usually it's veteran players, Brian. Usually it's guys in their late 20s, early 30s that – that are giving it back to a coach if a coach is grinding them a bit during the game. There's just some coaches that that's how they dealt with things. I mean, I think we'd be naive to believe that maybe that didn't exist at times with Mike uh, Keenan. Ken Hitchcock would let you know and had a very shrill, distinctive voice that you could pick up on as well. And the sense I get from Tippett, it, it just watches. Uh, you know, watch him on the bench during a game visually is he is not always the most expressive guy. He doesn't overreact to every single situation. And I think for today's generation of players, that works well. Like they don't want necessarily to be dressed down in front of their teammates during the course of the game. For some of these guys, that might crush them. Uh, and I'm thinking when you broke in the league, there was no problem if coaches did that. It just came with the territory. No problem. The coach, my first coach had no problem as a first overall pick six times in my rookie year, in which I was hurt for about 20 of the games. So I'll say six times in roughly 60 games where he had no problem never tapping me on the shoulder for a single shift. Wow. Not a single shift. Just dressed for the game. Sorry, couldn't get you in tonight. Didn't even say sorry, couldn't get you in. It's just the way it was. I never complained about it. 
I only realized it was an actual thing until I saw a score sheet one game after I didn't play, and I was like, what does DNP mean? And one of the veterans players said, it means you did not play lots. I knew that. Oh, that's funny. You, you hit on Evan Bouchard. Uh, you know, we're pretty bullish on him, and rightfully so. We're going to hear from Evan a little bit later on. He's obviously got a pretty special set of skills, I'd assert. Probably has the highest offensive ceiling. I want to talk about another guy, uh, and Alan Walsh will be happy about this, but William Lagason. He's kind of growing on me a bit. Like, you know what, Brian? I, I like my players that can score and can back it up. Those are the things I kind of like. I like to see guys play either really aggressively or can put the puck in the net either way, right? And sometimes defensive-minded players, I'm like, well, you know, lots of guys can play defense. But Lagasin has been pretty good for the Oilers. I'd like to get your thoughts on him. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. This is why when you're in the media, and I consider myself a hockey person first and foremost, but when you're commenting on things like that from a distance, I would have said that Lagason, he's a ninth defenseman, eighth defenseman in an organization. Dave Tippett has consistently told me, no, that's not true. There's something there. I know the Oilers... Ken Holland got a little bit of grief in losing a goaltender earlier in the year, but it's clear to me now that they felt that they could have lost a guy like Lagos. They had gone a different direction, and there's something there. It may not be seen by the public, but they're seeing it. They're doing their jobs. They're at practice every day. Ken Holland is. He's watching. He's paying attention. He understands the little things. It doesn't always come out for fans as quickly as it does for coaches and managers. That's common sense, and I think they've made a good decision. I My view is exactly how you just described it. I'm slow to the party. I wouldn't say I was very fast to the party on Bouchard, but that's a different, you know, I had some really um, good sources that I trusted and happened to watch a number of their games in the AHL and personally just thought, his next level of development needed to be at the NHL level. And so far, I feel really happy for him because he's proven all that is exactly true. The sources that you saw play him in the AHL, would they go by the handle OK in SoCal? (laughs) (laughs) Now they would go by the handle MK in SoCal. Okay. Now now in New Jersey, to be fair. I got to Miles Coolis, who was a player on Bakersfield, and uh, I just think that Miles is a young player. Um, He's one of those guys that ends up playing like just – he just helps the team operate better. He's very astute. He's been very high, high on Evan Bouchard. From the day they played together, he is the one that constantly was pounding me that this guy is so much more athletic than people realize. I hang out with this guy. We go play baseball. He's hitting home runs. We go play golf. He's incredible. We go play basketball. This guy is just a real true athlete. And in time, that will come out in the NHL. And what I've seen from him is a guy that absolutely can read the game and make a higher play and maybe I'm used to seeing with some of the D in Edmonton. Awesome stuff, Brian. Love having you on the show. Thank you for uh, joining us here on Oilers Now. We'll touch base next week. 
My pleasure. Thanks, Bob. You bet. That is Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, the former general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Started Octagon's agency. It's one of the biggest oct- uh, agencies in the business. And, again, representing Leon Dreisaitl and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And we're getting texts on that front. I have nothing to report at this time. Okay? Don't know what's going on between Rick Vallette and Ken Holland. Um, it's been an interesting start to the year. There's there's been opportunities to cash in, uh, but we know this about Nugent Hopkins. He gets better as the season goes goes on. That's sort of been his uh, his reputation. Uh, it's got to be stated. Paul Yarby's played great in that line over the last three or four games. Uh, Octagon also has William Lagason through Alan Walsh, and uh, so Mike Leud, Alan Walsh, uh, Rick Vallette, all part of that. Uh, uh, Andy Scott, all part of that uh, group, which is a, one of the biggest agencies in the business. We'll take a quick timeout. It's 12.53 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. When we come back, the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Uh, Brendan will have that when we return on Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. The Hacksaw has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line saying, Bob, if, yes, the Paul Yarby now outplaying R&H uh, would now not be the time to try flipping Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Dominic Cahoon. I'm just saying that the last three or four games, I think he's been better. I mean, he's really been driving the play. Ryan's playing a lot of minutes, too. He's playing 22 minutes, including he did a great job in the PK last night. It's interesting. Uh, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. Uh, Bruce says, I had given up on the big finish flop, but I'm willing to give him another chance. I'm just that type of guy, says Bruce. They call me Bruce. Wasn't that the flick back in the day? Sort of the, uh, parody of uh, all those Bruce Lee movies. Uh, anyhow, hey, Poliar, give, give him credit. I mean, I would have been happy if he would have been an, an effective third line player. And right now he's an effective top six player, 15 games in a season. He's exceeded, you know, and I, I, I believed he could be, he could get to lists at 24 and 25, but he's come back and he's gotten to it at the 15 game mark. It's looking pretty good. Oilers fans should be excited about this. To the Oilers now injury report brought to you daily by James H. Brown injury lawyers. And for every goal the Oilers score this year, uh, James H. Brown Injury Lawyers will be donating $100 to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. And here's Brendan Escott. Zach Cassian, of course, added to Edmonton's long-term injured reserve. He's out week-to-week now with an upper body issue. Ethan Bear still day-to-day on the team's IR. Gaetan Haas dealing with an undisclosed injury. He's eligible to return from the IR tomorrow if he's ready. Uh, Canadians missing Joel Armia. He was concussed back on January 21st. Is out indefinitely right now. And some good news for... For Bruins fans, uh, Matt Grizzlick, Jake DeBrusque, both returning to the Bruins lineup tonight. Grizzlick been out since uh, January 28th. DeBrusque, the 26th. Each of them had lower body issues, Bob. All right. Great stuff, Brendan. Again, we'll find out tomorrow about Gaetan Haas and Ethan Bear, who are with the Oilers. Uh, I'll get more information tomorrow morning prior to the game. Do you want to make a correction? I made an error, and it, yes, it often happens on this show. Um all this week, we're going to have Kevin Robertson filling in uh, for Eileen Bell. So Kevin's coming up with a global news weather traffic update, and then we'll bring back David Staples from the Cult of Hockey.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.